Tree Talks acknowledges the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters on which this podcast is produced. I recognize their continuing connection to this land and waters and thank them for protecting this coastline and its ecosystems since time immemorial. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You are listening to Tree Talks podcast with your host, Mona Brookoff. This is season one, episode one. Let's see how we go. Hi, Britt. How are you going? I'm good, Mona. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, I think I'd get you to introduce yourself because you know yourself better than anybody else. <laughs> so my name is Brittany Webster and I'm a horticulturalist and um, I've been working with plants for over nine years. Um, worked in a couple of different um, fields. I have worked in just landscaping and uh, urban sort of gardens, but I've worked in botanic gardens. I've worked in conservation um, and I have worked overseas um, internship in Hawaii. Um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in central um, eastern Queensland um, in a little town called Mackay and um, yeah grew up on a farm a sugarcane farm actually and so you know fell in love with the bush and nature and, and everything that comes with it so I think it wasn't much of a surprise to my family and friends that um, I, I ended up getting sucked into the garden so yeah um, I think this is interesting where you came from because actually Mackay is not well known for conservation maybe no no not really it's uh it's got a lot of greenery in the form of sugarcane um and you know a lot of cattle uh, property around here too but no um I wouldn't say that we're uh real you know realizing the beautiful assets that we do have in our natural areas here um but there is an amazing um community that do really care that is here and uh, i find that's really interesting it's probably made you know people more passionate to make um positive difference here so mm. i found community amongst them amazing and uh I've asked you to join this podcast because I feel like you've got an amazing thing to share with everybody. Um, do you want to start by sharing where that idea came from and how you've developed it? Yeah, I um, throughout my career, I've met so many amazing people and and seen so many amazing things, and. Um, I'm a little bit of a storyteller. I would like to write books one day. And um, so there's some little things that I come across that I'm like, this is amazing and people need to to hear this. Um, so I had come up with this just tiny little um, idea of creating something that I just call plant stories. Um, and so sort of neatly packaged like a little 
Um, I think people remember stuff about plants in that way a little easier too, different people. Um, some people will absorb scientific stuff. I absorb things when it's told like a story. So that's where this idea sort of came from. So I've got a little story to share with you today. I am really looking forward to listening to this story. So when you're ready, feel free to share. Okay. All right, so this is plant story um, number one. I've got a number of them. And um, the name for it's a little bit dorky, but I've called it the forest gods. Um, you know, stay with me. It's not too <laughs> out there. But um, it's one of my favourites. It's the first one that really gave me the idea that I need to share this sort of stuff with people. So I have got some notes over here, so I will be sort of looking back. Um so I'm going to tell a story from my experience. And so, you know, if you if you go and fact check me, there's chances that things will sort of not line up. But I think that's how nature sort of works. You believe, you know, the moment you believe this is 100% correct, uh, nature will prove you wrong. So anyway, so I, it starts off with I remember the first time that I collected seed for my local natural environment nursery. Um, I was working with a beach re regeneration crew and we were visiting this beautiful space that was an example of, um, of regeneration that's went to plan. Uh, it used to be a large strip of mown grass beside a river um, near a sports field and um, it had been planted out a number of years ago and it was now this beautiful young but maturing um, little riparian riverside forest and um it was at the stage now that you know we didn't really have to look after it all that much which is really cool um so I came across this beautiful iridescent blue globular fruit on the ground and uh, we brought them into the nursery where we had them ID'd as Eliacarpus grandis which I think has had a name change now which is Eliacarpus angustifolius um so and the common name for that one in Queensland is blue quandon um so we were told that the nursery uh had actually been given some of these fruit um whether it was a number of years before or or something and they were like do you want to come and see them in their germination process so we went through we walked through the nursery and we we're walking past these tables and tables and rows and rows of neat cots with little baby trees sprouting out all through it and we reach the back and we come to this table and it's just this rotting box of styrofoam sitting on the back it is covered <laughs> in moss and mold and you're like what what is this and uh there's probably like one or two little trees like sprouting out of it and um Anyway, they, you know, there's not much drainage in there. The soil looks like it's been there for like a hundred years. Um, and they, you know, they go on to explain that basically these seeds almost need to ferment or be traumatized in some sort of way to trigger right. the germination process. So, and in a nursery, they, they were saying that they could take up like between two to like seven years for these seeds to actually sprout. Um, so we had a little bit of fun with the seeds that I brought in and we had little experiments and we sort of separated them up 
So we're told that these seeds uh, almost needed to ferment or be traumatised in some sort of way to germinate. Um, so in a nursery setting, it could take from two to seven years for them to actually sprout, unless they were eaten by a cassowary. So we learned that the cassowary and these seeds and a number of other forest seeds from up north around the Daintree area actually have this relationship where the stomach acid within the cassowary dissolves the seed casing to the point where they can actually absorb water once they're outside of the cassowary again. Um, so that's that's the difference. We want to sprout them, we have to wait. Well, you know, cassowary can do the whole job there. Um, so we had a little experiment we, because where we live, there isn't any cassowaries um, around here. And um, so we got, you know, pots and we, buckets and we let the seeds sit in Coca-Cola or in like bleach or we you <laughs> with some like hammers, and, you know, it was, you know, but we feel like it's going to be a long time before we actually see which one's worked you know, the best. I was even, I'm not sure whether I should say this really in recording, but um, I was tempted to swallow one myself. I didn't go into that extreme. <laughs> but, uh, you know. And then the thought was, process is that afterwards you just go to the toilet outside anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I worked yeah. in the bush, okay, so... <laughs> And uh, anyway, so, you know, this this little experiment that got sort of put aside and, uh, you know, I don't, I pretty much sort of forgot about it. Um, and anyway, I went camping probably like a couple of years after that, I think, um, with a good friend up at the Daintree. And, um, you know, amongst like seeing all the amazing plants up there, like the, um, the fan tree, the fan palm forest, um, we were also hanging out to see, catch a glimpse of the cassowary. So, um, you know, the campsite where we were staying, apparently people said, oh, they, they saw them walk through this morning. You know, we just missed them, all that kind of thing. Um, and we actually didn't get to see them on that trip. It was really sad. I but I know, yeah, but we did walk through a forest and this is the part that really sticks with me is we're walking on this little, you know, trodden path and um, we came across a cassowary scat, so cassowary poo. And um, I was, you know, I was, it was actually very cool because I was struck by the memory of, you know, all these experiments that we'd done and there was just like a hundred little seeds in this scat on the middle of this trodden path that had all started to germinate wow. in this spot. Yeah. So I was just left with this imagery in my head that the cassowaries walking along, just leaving little forests behind them, like a little forest god leaving a trail of trees. And I think that's just so magical um so that's my story of uh the it. cassowary and, and the quandon um yeah i absolutely <laughs> love it the full circle of that 
and the how much we try to manipulate nature yeah and to try and create it when it like exactly what you said it does what it does yeah um, yeah does Mackay have cassowary do you know there before was, was were they ever that in that area that's a good question I don't know um we have a few of these trees that seem to have this you know relationship with the cassowary so I can't speak from any place of um knowing 100% but um I wouldn't be surprised I feel like you know maybe hundreds of years ago the dane tree did spread down this far um mm-hmm. possibly yeah I love the fact that you want this is uh you want to do all these stories and in my head they were going to come out of like seed packets and your stories would come out of seed packets <laughs> <laughs> maybe we but, should do that maybe I should yeah. get them printed and put them yeah. in little seed for people to enjoy in that way that would be very yeah. cute germinating <laughs> your stories yeah <laughs> It'll have a little warning. Do not swallow. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just listen to it. <laughs> read. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. And I I hope you do continue with these stories. I'd love to listen to more on the podcast. And I think it's so important to have stories as a connection to um, knowledge, to nature. Um, yeah. Have you told your stories to anybody else? I think um, I have told, like I've worked with a number of, you know, trainees in my jobs and, um, you know, it's really cool meeting these people who are real wide-eyed and like, you know, everything is fresh and amazing for them and, you know, I just remember I was receiving some of this information when I was the same sort of, stage as them and so um yeah I I will share with them but I haven't shared it in any other formal sort of way but yeah maybe I will um in the future would be nice but you know it's it's I could just keep on going like I still even have notes of extra stuff that I was like maybe this is worth like mentioning um but whether we save that for another time or not um sure but yeah you know there's more there's more to come um yeah do you have anybody that does similar things that you look at and read or watch their things or is this completely Brit Webster in your own mind just the creative (laughs) person that you are going for it (laughs) oh I think like I, I definitely have friends um and people that I've met throughout you know the doing this job and um you know a few of them are a little are a little magical with their sort of way that they sort of explain things to me and um so I, I can't take full credit I've probably gotten a lot of inspiration from them um that's formed who I am um and and how I sort of have accepted my sort of style of working in amongst plants and nature 
Um, so yeah, it it probably is a bit Brit Webster unique, but definitely, um, you know, there was little seeds <laughs> of knowledge that were sort of gathered together from some of the amazing people that I work with. Incredible. And then, so your journey in Mackay and traveling around the world and um, to to be connected back home. Um, do you have any plans for future or anything you want to kind of achieve or do? I mean, you said about writing your stories potentially and writing books. So um, maybe that's part of it as well. I have so many ideas that I want to do. Um, <clears throat> I think that I've reached a, a space where I really want to explore my creativity in this field because um, I, I, you know, I've found that that's my unique voice that I can offer. So I have thought about things like I would love to just get into doing murals Um you know, in public spaces of plants and kind of, you know, showing off the natives that people have in their backyards and the little stories that go with them. Mm. Um, and so I think that would be really amazing to explore. Um, I am very interested in exploring different ways of, you know, creating landscapes in our backyards that are inspired by the natural environment around us. So whether that is, you know, um, natural swimming pools or, um, you know, just just habitat gardens, that kind of thing, gardens for wildlife. Um, so, I, you know, I may sort of step into those sort of fields, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, I've got too many ideas um, to focus on just one um at the moment so I'm sort of just you know doing a little bit of this and doing a little bit of that yeah 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 Yeah. and you know hopefully the path will you know um reveal itself before me so yeah but um you know when I talk about inspiring people Mona I definitely need to mention you as amongst those people as well um we've had fantastic conversations in the past where um, you know, you've shared a lot of your um, experiences with me that, you know, just adds to all of my, um, you know, love and amazement for how lucky we are to work in this field. So thank you. Oh, well, thank I'll... you for doing this as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I, it can only be done if I have people to to talk and share their amazing things <laughs> otherwise it's just me um, <laughs> my, my own voice and speaking <laughs> of voice is there something that you want like like a a, a, not a lesson or just something you want to share with people about you know the passion that you have or you know um I guess for me I always I'm always talking to people about trees and things and uh, how much we need to be a part of nature and things do you feel like you've got like a a catchphrase so to speak or uh, of what you just want to kind of tell those around you oh may, maybe I do actually um and I sort of almost said it before but I think um I've always laughed a little bit at when you listen to like I love David Attenborough 
um, you know, and in some of his documentaries, he'll say, oh, this uh, plant or this animal, it's the only one of its kind in the entire world. And, you know, we're all like, wow, that's amazing. But the more you learn about plants and nature is you actually begin to realise that what he just said there is relevant to almost every little patch of um, natural environment. You can go down to a gully behind your house in an urban area and it can be full of weeds and, you know, mosquitoes and, and bugs and tadpoles and all that kind of stuff. And if you look hard enough, you can find little plants and little amazing ecosystems that are working off each other um, and, and completely unique, possibly completely unique to anywhere else in the world. And so that was a real realisation to me is that, you know, nature is amazingly resilient and will keep on with this process of working out a way for life to exist and work together, but also how precious and special um, you don't need to travel to a big special national park with signs saying this is, you know, protected and, and all that kind of thing. It's special in your backyard too if you go and look hard enough. I love that. Not a neat catchphrase, but, um, yeah, it's, I, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like catchphrases or just things that we, I feel like everybody has a passion on this earth and um, it's about listening to what everybody has to say because what they're saying is what they're passionate about or keen about. And then, so so they do their work in that that thing. And then if you listen to it, then you're, you're acknowledging everybody with their passions and things to understand the whole world that we live together with, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's little um, experience is really, you know, eye-opening in a way, isn't it? And Yeah. Thank you so much, Britt, for your time. And I hope that you'll share some more stories on this podcast. Oh, thank just, you, Mona. Just for, yeah, if you want extra work to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, what will happen is something I'll create that wasn't on the high end of the list of I should do. It'll be something else that I'll get distracted with and it'll turn into something. That's how my work ethic seems to go. So, yes, that would be lovely, Mona. Thank you. I'll um, I'll definitely keep it in mind and I'll send you some things. And, yeah, I look forward to having another chat again. And uh, thank you for my first podcast experience, which I was quite nervous about. Um, I think we did all right. I think I think we're all right. With it's a starting it's a starting place. So I yeah. I love that we did it together. Thank you so much. Yeah, same same. And I look forward to hearing your other conversations. I'm so excited for that. Thank you. <laughs> all right. See you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Tree Talks with me, Mona Brokoff. Stay tuned to listen to more conversations next time.